1: podcast The Jack white third man records history program and i am your co-horse host paul kaminsky
2: and i'm your other co-host james kaminsky um paul <clears throat> you okay <laughs>
1: i've been down as i told our guest, which we'll introduce in a moment i've been down in atlantic city playing the penny slots mm. and mm. i gotta tell you i can still taste the cigarettes and vodka
2: You got to take the 1015 to Nutley, Paul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am recovering from a uh, what I can only describe as the mother of all sinus infections. In fact, I wasted three of Unky Joe's COVID tests on that and all were a big fat negarino. And uh, so uh, as it turns out, I just got really fucking sick and it wasn't COVID, which in 2022 is frankly a disappointment. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you're going to go big, like don't you know like don't it's like pepsi is pepsi okay it's like no <laughs> pepsi's not okay no if i'm gonna get sick it may as well be goddamn covid at this point um we'd like to welcome our guest this week who's joining us on the program she's joined us before you remember her she's radio personality third man records collectors group guru amy hart amy welcome back to the program
3: well, hello there. I'm I'm sad that you had to waste the uh, precious COVID test, but you know, glad it's just a sinus infection. Which at this point, <laughs> yeah. I think it's all the same, really. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, feels like it feels like a sinus infection. Yeah. So you know, uh,
2: yeah. I had a minor cold a couple days ago, and I took more than one day off from work. And my work told me, well, before you come back, you have to test. And I had not gotten my COVID tests from the government yet. And uh so I bought one for 10 bucks and that very day all of my covid tests arrived in the mail. I was like, well, oh man, I'll be one, damned.
1: Once again, Uncle Joe, day late and dollars short, but we did get them though, didn't we? We got them. God bless America. Got mine,
3: got mine. Yeah. yeah. There you
1: go. Um anyway, so we brought Amy on here because as I mentioned, Amy is a moderator in the Third Man Records Collectors group, and I'd like to talk actually a little bit about the origins of that group, but today we're going to be talking about collecting Third Man Records, a.k.a. this collector, a.k.a. honey, we can't afford to collect this deep, (laughs) which is a sort of going to be an overview of the different kinds of Third Man Records collectibles that are out there. It's It's a thing we don't actually talk about on the show all that often because... James, I don't mean to speak for you, but I'm going to. Great. I don't think you or I really are into that side of the fandom of Jack White and Third Man Records as much as simply absorbing the music or wanting to participate in the music in some way with concerts and things. And I find myself more interested in the history. I've dabbled a little, like I have a few collectibles, but it's it, they're more of like... Um, uh, mementos or something. I don't really treat them like a monetary thing which you sit and flip or whatever, trade, that kind of stuff. So I'm relatively ignorant of a lot of the pricing and, and a lot of the the thinking behind the actual collecting of the artifacts. And so we have Amy on here who uh, I, you know, I think will be able to give us a broader perspective in that regard and uh, just kind of explore this topic which we've never really covered before on the show. So... Amy, uh, do you want to give us a little bit of a background into your own collecting as it pertains to Third Man Records? Did you start off and sort of tiptoe in that direction? How did the Third Man Records collectors group start factor into everything? Can you give us a bit of a background there?
3: Well, with the group, I started the literal day after I saw Jack White for the first time. And I (laughs) did what we all did. And I went to the internet and said, where are the crazy people that really enjoyed this as much as I did? And I stumbled upon Third Man Record Collectors. There was another group that I don't even think is around anymore, uh, that I joined for two days. And they got really upset with me because I asked a newbie question. And they all started attacking me. And I was like, well, I don't know that this group is going to work out for me (laughs) and then I somehow ended up uh, in third man record collectors and because I'm the overachiever that I am Mm. very quickly they realized that I wasn't a complete psycho um, and that I could be a pretty decent moderator and so they asked me to join them as a moderator and so that's where I ended up kind of becoming a mod and I've been one of the, the moderators for several years. We've done giveaways. Uh, we have some other moderators now that, you know, we're, we're a little bit more relaxed on what we do in that group now. But first and foremost, it is still a collector's group when it comes down to it.
2: Yeah. I remember the days when it was a little more strict about what you could talk about and how you could talk to other members of the group. It was um, it was an interesting time. That was the, the Nicholas years. And it was good. I mean, I liked it kept arguments down, which was nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit more relaxed now on a lot of that stuff. And I think, you know, where do you draw the line of fandom and collecting? Mm. And where do we draw that line? Because I do love seeing people's Art tributes to the white stripes. I like that kind of stuff. Um, but there are people in, within the group that are like, this is for collectors, and that's not collecting anything. That's handmade, you know? But I love that stuff.
1: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So the collector versus the fan. The collector, Merriam Webster, a person who makes a collection. Good. That's literally it. <laughs> the fan. An enthusiastic devotee of a sport or performing art, usually as a spectator. So that's not something you're participating in. That is something you are spectating. So that's two different sides of the brain. Uh, Or an ardent admirer or enthusiast. So that's the divide there. At what point, Amy, would you say that you turned from fan to collector Or did you make that transition? I mean, there's various degrees of how people get serious. Where would you place yourself on sort of the spectrum of collecting? Like, how how involved are you? How deep in are you?
3: So I started very quickly in the vault. You know, and I, I do think the vault, that is a collector. That's the gateway. Uh, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Yep. That is the easy, like, oh well. Technically, it works out to about twenty dollars a month when you think about it, and that's not oh. too bad. All so oh,
2: those these lies things, you tell yourself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they,
0: they
3: reeled us right in with the uh, the lies they told us. Um, but uh, and we bought it, and and so I missed the Lazaretto Vault literally by two days, oh. and I still have not gotten it. And it's one of my, like, oh, one of these days I'm going <laughs> to get that Lazaretto vault. You know, but I think I think it's such a gateway. And then you figure out very quickly, oh, there's a lot of interesting things that there, people are selling in this group. And, yeah. and, oh, there's interesting releases and there's interesting... Everything that Jack does has a story or a theme or a you know, and then it's like, Oh, and also there's only a hundred available, you know.
2: So Everything has a hook. He's
3: Everything has a hook. And I am a sucker for those things. Like <laughs> I'm the person he's talking to when he is putting stuff out in the store, honestly. And I love kitschy, weird things. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, Star Wars is technically, you know, everybody thinks it's this cultish movie. But it's the biggest thing on the planet. And I feel, you know, Jack White is kind of doing the same thing. Like, you feel like you're a part of something very cultish. And I will say cult. Um, (laughs) But in reality... I think we're all part of a community, but it's, yeah, they get you quick. They I <laughs>
2: You mentioned Star Wars. I mean, Jack and Star Wars have something in common, which is the way they market not only the main product, but, I mean, Star Wars started toy collecting, basically. Like, they're what started it. And Jack White kind of, he didn't start vinyl collecting, but he kind of was a major part of the resurgence in it and made it, you know, the extras kind of cool again and... um I don't know. It's it's an interesting correlation between the two because you can like the Star Wars movies and then be obsessed with the toys. And same with you can like Jack White but be obsessed with collecting the records.
3: Right. Or vice versa. You can love... You know, you're like, ah, I love the music, not so interested in collecting any of it. And I see people like that all the time that are like, I just want to go see them in concert and have a good time. I like to go to the store. I like to be around the people, but I'm not going to camp out, you know, for hours on end to get a seven inch tricolor, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: It's a wide spectrum too, because like I'm in, I'm of the collector mentality of I'm going to take this out and listen to it. Which there's 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 dozens of us, um, <laughs> and <laughs> but then there's the collectors who will you know say you can never take it out of the mailer that the vault comes in. And I'm like, well, well, then what are you doing? Why you just have a cardboard box in your hand? But it's the comic book guy of then you decrease the the value, which I get, you know.
1: Well the the interesting thing is that fandom and collecting can feed into one another and play off one another and like you say serve two different masters you know they can it at a certain point sustains fandom for some people because when you have an interesting object that you can own and you are trying to complete a collection you're basically sustaining your fandom in between music releases at that point so it's really smart of Jack to play into that mindset because not only did he re- like, did he correctly realize that the types of people who were really into his music were likely the types of people who would be into novelty items, but he, I mean, I think that's part of Third Man's mission statement, right? Is to just, is to use their platform to create a bit of creativity and magic and stuff and and so once you have all those ingredients and all those different kinds of things you can do and participate within the fandom, then it starts to feed into itself. Like you don't really find, I mean, I, I feel like you'd find more often than not general record collectors. And then there's like beetle collectors, <laughs> you know, but I think Jack's stuff is inching toward like third man in general. They made a concerted effort to push that brand into beetle collecting territory, like or at least start to head there. It's a little different with beetle collecting because beetle collecting is enormous. But I, I don't know. I think third. I think Jack very smartly has started to inch in that direction.
2: I think he can separate himself from that a little bit. In that he, they've been concentrating on Third Man as a brand instead of Jack White's right. music as a brand, which right. is smart because obviously interest can ebb and flow. But if you get people hooked on the record company itself and want to get every record from the company itself, you will have a wide swath of people. And, And on top of that, you'll constantly be inserting new people who might want to collect by adopting new artists that other people already like. So he's adopting fan bases into that particular
1: collection. The foresight there is really remarkable on his part. It just—it's remarkable because you know—and I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And this is veering a little bit off topic, but you know, there's only a certain place you can take a music career. At the end of the day, if you're lucky, you become Green Day or Pearl Jam or one of the Metallica, one of these kinds of groups that will tour until they're dead. And even though the records might not really chart anymore, when they put one out, there's a certain amount of people that are going to buy them. They know that. And then they march off into the sunset and get into the rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everybody pats themselves on the back and goes to sleep. But that doesn't happen for everybody, you know? And so I think Jack White hedged his bets a little and decided, okay, in case this bubble bursts, I have to diversify basically like a stock portfolio. So he took his brand and like you said, James, attached it to all this other shit. And then they just so happen to luck out with some certain artists like your Margot Prices and things like that. I think Lola Kirk is going to be a bigger success than we maybe think she's going to be just because she's so bombastic. But it's artists like that that perpetuate it. And like you said, that's the it's another gateway drug. Is they come in and then you start collecting Lola Kirk forty fives or whatever and stuff. So it's actually really really smart on his part. And it's honestly it's fun. But I'm of the mindset of you, James, when it comes to the collecting. I'm buying it to listen to the records. I'm buying it to hold it in my hands and look at it and enjoy it and participate in it, stick it on a shelf and then take it out later or something like that. I'm not really in the pristine, don't touch it, don't play it, don't drop the needle. I'd rather destroy a record and really dig some awful grooves into that thing and love it. That would be what I would prefer to do with an album. Amy, where do you fall on that? I mean, are you looking to keep records pristine. What's your collection kind of even look like?
3: Oh, I am a use it. Yeah. It (laughs) is music. We are here to listen to it. And I think, you know, honestly, one of the moments that I really, as a collector, was like, yeah, we're playing the music is when Jack bought the $300,000 Elvis record. And what's the first thing he did? He played it. (laughs) So to me, that's what they're made for and think about how many how many times you're going to have to spend that for it to not physically play anymore <laughs> you know unless you're just yeah. you know you got the 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 scotch bright after it or something but just play it enjoy it, like, it and i know that that might not be a great popular Opinion for collectors, you know, because they want it to be pristine, but I'm here for the music. That's why I'm here to begin with. I was at a concert. That's why I fell in love with Jack White. So I'm going to listen to the dang thing. However, (laughs) that being said, um, I received a Nicky Thump mono for Christmas this year from my husband. Oh, shit. And I have yet to break the seal. So I'm doing that dance. Like, how am I going to get it off? It's going to be an afternoon project. Like, I I don't want to cut the seal. I'm going to have to steam it off. It's going to be a thing. So I'm Um, uh, (laughs) I'm in that, you know, that hell right now.
1: If I ever got (laughs) one of those, I would... Make sure it was already broken because I couldn't do yeah. what you're doing right now. I would.
3: Yeah, it's and I'm I'm looking at it and we're we're doing the like what do we do with the label? Do we frame it? Like what are we like? So we're trying to, you know, make that decision. We haven't figured that out yet, but I do want to play it. I have heard the Icky Thump Mono uh, from my friend Austin Lee, who's in TMRC, and it's beautiful. It's just the coolest thing. And so I have been lucky enough to hear it but i have my own now and i really want to hear my own <laughs> but big decisions
1: i too have happened upon those files at at a, at a time uh, over the years and it is glorious but there's something else to be able to hold it in your hands and put it on the turntable
3: yeah. yeah it's beautiful and it sounds amazing
1: so i i don't know what i would do
2: in that situation because i i do have the other versions of icky thump and and as paul said we've we've stumbled across some some files some audio <laughs> files uh, not that we have them in our possession we just <laughs> we just stumbled upon them anyway um but like i am of like i said i i play the records they're meant to be played but i do have that little mm-hmm. demon on my shoulder who's just like don't rip that seal with icky thump it was just like i took an exacto blade and like slid it just <laughs> just so it looks fresh and new but like I know it's not going to be that. I don't know about you. I me and Paul probably both do this. We save the stickers that come on the yeah. on the um yeah uh, the LPs themselves too. What are we saving them for?
3: I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> why are we saving those stickers? It's silly. Know. It's a silly thing. Because <laughs> you
3: are collectors at heart. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cuz we we are all hoarders that's what we really are i mean let's we we say collecting it's only because it's nice you know but really
2: <laughs> now here's the, uh, john hodgman has a famous saying which is the difference between a hoarder and a collector is a display shelf so that is as, true
3: as long as true. i have and, them
2: on the shelf i feel a and little all
3: better. of my pets are accounted for so that's uh <laughs> that's the other determining factor
1: yeah well i, I I mean, we grew up in a collector's household. Our dad's a collector of many, many things, but his biggest collection is his Beatles collection. He has a. We've always, we've never known in our lives a home without a Beatles room in it. Wow. Um, which let that sink in. So we come from that thinking, but even dad wants to participate in it and kind of hold the toys or whatever it is and things like that. Uh, the first thing I did when I got a copy of X-Men number one from 1963, like Jack did, I opened it and I read it <laughs> just because I wanted to be able to actually flip the pages. Of course, I haven't opened it since, but yeah, there is something where I, I, I'm i almost of two minds on it, you know, because I'm definitely the play it thing, but then there's something in the back of your mind where you're like, oh, but be careful with that thing. So I'm going to go through here. Now, I've divided the different kinds of things that you can collect in the world of Third Man Records a bit up. And there's, there's actually some, some interesting subcategories I came across now. I've, I've definitely not got it all, and I've only cherry-picked some stuff that was exceptionally high price point. But I'm going to go through and talk about some of these, and then we can talk about maybe some of the different kinds of ones that we own. But I basically divided the types of things you can collect into three categories. Vinyl, novelties, and artifacts. Now, with vinyl, it's just records. That's how I categorize it. With novelties, it's anything connected to it that's not only a record. So, you know, a turntable, a t-shirt, things like that. And then artifacts are actual things that came from the White Stripes or Jack White or something like that, some historical concert poster, something that is um, more of like a – about the history of the act as opposed to a trinket or something that you can own.
2: Ephemera. Ephemera. Yeah.
1: So we'll start with vinyl. I've got my first category here is rare releases. So let's all think about our rare rare releases. But of the biggest ones I found, the most expensive ones I found were these three. The first, of course, is uh, the Icky Thump Mono, which we mentioned. That was one of the first things James and I learned about on the when we started doing the show, is just how rare those things were. I guess I, maybe James knew more than I did, but I didn't really have a clear sense of that. <laughs> So that was the original price, the original vault price I think was $60 per vault. Oh no. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was just 60. Yep. Oh my gosh. In my mind it's still 60. Excellent. I need to go
3: take a Tums after hearing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could have got it for sixty bucks, so that was the original yeah. vault price. Now, just the record itself. I'm not talking about the the package because there are, that is a. I put that under the novelties thing, but just that uh, the record goes for anywhere between four hundred and seventy five dollars on the low end to nine hundred and seventy five dollars somewhere on the high end. It's so almost a grand for the Icky Thump mono. And it's really wild to me that that one skyrocketed in value so quickly. And I kicked myself for not joining the vault at number one. Like, I was aware of it, you know? What was I thinking?
3: I was unaware. And and if I would have been aware, I probably would have joined. But I literally didn't even know that it was a thing. And I feel like I'm a person that has a pretty good pulse on what's going on in music and things like that. And I don't know how I missed the memo about (laughs) their band (laughs) records and they're going to have this thing called the vault, but I totally would have joined had I known.
1: Yeah. I think I have a memory, a dim memory of being at work and, Whatever, being on some on a website or you know screwing around or something, and finding or a, a Jack White Google alert or something. And I remember seeing it. I remember thinking, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And then, I, but at that time, I was very much not thinking collector. I was still like 2009. What was I thinking? I was thinking, oh, there's a new group called the Dead Weather. That sounds pretty fucking rad. Better go see them. <laughs> like I wasn't thinking it was so. It still felt in the now. Now that we have some time separated from it. It's seeming more collect- i feel like there's a there's some correlation between time and and collections and collecting, I don't know,
2: yeah, I mean as I was still in college at the time, and so my my funds were low, which is the right reason I didn't get it, but boy that's that's like saying, uh man, I should have invested in Bitcoin or whatever like, <laughs> thirty years ago, or you know it's like well all right but yeah I, I mean i was I was very interested, but then when I saw it was just icky thump, I was like. I can pass. I already have that. <laughs> I don't need to spend that's, $60. It's so
3: true. And I, I wonder how many people at that time really thought, like, right. oh, this is going to be a great investment. I don't know that anybody may may have seen that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess, but with anything that's limited numbered, if you're a vinyl collector and you know there's only so many made, which here's the thing. They haven't really been open about how many are out there, right, as far as vaults go. Yeah, they
2: they keep their numbers very secret. Uh, yeah. Much to the chagrin of everyone in the collectors group. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. So, so, we don't know how many Icky Thump monos exist in the world. You know, is it, a, is it a really big number? I don't know.
2: Yeah. We need to tag them in the wild like elephants or something. <laughs> Just like put a little thing on them <laughs> and we'll radio a track tracker them around. On them.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, that's Betsy. <laughs> I can tell by the scrink in her dorsal tail. <laughs> that's interesting. You, you said vinyl collector so this the the vault as a concept predates me collecting vinyl, but I hesitate to call myself a collector, even though I collect vinyl, and I don't know what that is but and, and maybe I don't know if you feel the same way, Amy or James, but it's because you listen to them <laughs> right, I buy them to listen Honestly, to. Them.
3: I think that kind of separates us.
1: Okay, so that's the thing. Like, if I I can find, like, I found, like, a a $3 copy of some infinite repress of Sticky Fingers at the record store, and I went, bada-bing! I'm not looking for a first pressing that's, like, 100. No, I don't care, but I am collecting them. So I guess there's a differentiation there a little bit. I mean, it's between fan and collector, and I feel like I'm just butting up against it a little bit.
3: And same here. We have, my husband and I have a large collection of records, you know, and it's, it's spanning all different genres and all different types. There's not a subset other than third man that we focus on. Yeah. I don't have to have every variant of everything. And even with third man, I had to realize very early on, I was not going to get everything. (laughs)
1: you you have have to to pick your battles make peace with it yeah yeah you have to make
3: peace with it and and say oh I don't know if I'm gonna get all of those bizarros like I don't think it's gonna happen and it's it's a bummer man like when you realize like it ain't gonna happen but I also realized I'm here for the love of music first and foremost and a lot of these are I hate to say this because this is very non-collector, but they're regurgitations of things that we already have. Yep. And how do you make money? Well, you just keep putting out the same thing over and over again.
1: You skin that cat.
3: <laughs> you skin that cat a thousand times over. And they've done that at Third Man. But we keep going back because, oh, well, I don't have this one in red.
1: Right. You well, know? So here's, here's <laughs> the difference for me, though. Okay, so if I was to go to Third Man and they had, Christmas single, let's say, speaking of skinning the cat. And it was either a green variant or had like a Third Man store logo on it. I would buy it, even though I already own it, like everybody, because I wanted, I would like the memory of having bought that thing at Third Man. So there's a, that's where it divides for me. It's like, but that's a collector. I am collecting that but I'm not doing it for some monetary or like completionist. Maybe that's what the distinction is. There's a completionist versus collector kind of thing.
3: And I'm not a completionist yeah. at all. You can't be. I'm broke. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's and let's also let's also break that down. You know, who can afford to be a completionist? It ain't me, babe. Like. Yeah.
1: It's a lot. I don't even not. think Blackwell has everything in the in that collection.
3: <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I mean he's probably too ashamed to ask Jack for the Jack, you know, record that's the super rare like, Hey Jack, can yeah. I have that one record? And also, can you call up Meg and get that one too? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you get hand me the three inch record you only gave to people in Japan or whatever? You know, like
1: so now you're covered. A few things I've got here, so I'm gonna i gonna go down the list a little more here. Another high value one I found was a an a, an original sympathy for the record industry release uh, seven inch. Lord send me an angel. Mm.
2: What I knew Well, love him Swear to God it must be best But his teeth, women Won't let Mr. Jack White rest
1: because I guess that those were a, a much lower quantity than the other Sympathy stuff. The current asking price on Discogs for that is $825 for that 7-inch, which, which is wild. Now, that doesn't mean it, it's sold for that. But that, the, the fact that that's the asking price, Discogs is pretty good about telling you what the high, median, and low asking prices are. So that's really interesting to me. And the only other one I had in this rare releases category was an original first run Italy records pressing of Let's Shake Hands, the first White Stripes final release, first white stripes release ever. And the current asking price is actually less than the Sympathy Lord Sammy and Angel. You can get one of those for four hundred and thirty-nine dollars and fifteen cents on Discogs. And then some maniac is selling it for nine hundred dollars on eBay. So that's the that's the 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 Sort of Did that one spectrum. ever have hand-painted covers? I... I, so that's the hand-painted one, okay. yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because then there's yeah. the hand-painted Dead Weather ones, which are also extraordinarily rare. I think there's like 50 of those. I uh,
1: Anyway. So I didn't start going into bands or acts other than Jack-specific stuff. But speaking of hand-painted, some of the really high, high-priced third-man stuff, like the Billie Eilish with the paint, mm. A yeah, thousands of dollars. Which I would love to own that, but there's no way I'm spending thousands of dollars because I don't. Again, I'm not buying it for that purpose. I'm buying it because I would just like to spin the record. Like that's. And then you got the McCartney, you know,
2: right? Dice right.
1: record again, thousands of dollars. So, um, any rare releases that either of you have that you want to share? I don't really have rare releases in my collection much. I have a sympathy pressing of. Um, Big Three Kill My Baby, but that you know that's not terribly expensive. I just like that I have it. You know, I like that I have an original sympathy pressing of Big Three Kill My Baby. Yeah, no,
2: nothing, nothing's jumping out at me. Like I, I really want to complete the illustrated covers of the Blunderbus, uh singles. I oh, can't yeah. remember that what they what the collection is called, but I have three of the four, and I'm missing just one. And then there's like. The Ice Cream Cone variant. Like, there's so many of the Blunderbuss singles that I really want. But I have at least three of the four of those I would like to eventually finish that collection. But those are, like, kind of the rarities that I kind of focused on. And then, obviously, Vaults, which are, you know, super rare to begin with. But I have uh, a lot of the middle-of-the-road ones. I don't know. There's nothing nothing crazy. I kind of enjoy Ephemera and Artifacts more than I enjoy the, the actual... Uh, or I have rarer of the, the stuff from that because it just doesn't exist elsewhere right. than I do of the of the records.
3: Same thing. I like a lot of the trinkety more th- things like that. I love posters. I'm a poster person. But Icky Thump, the mono is obviously the one in my collection right now that I'm like, what? Um, but, I mean, for a long time, I was like, Gosh, I should just buy the triple-decker because it looks really
0: cool, <laughs> you know.
3: And um, I think the balloon launch flexi that has, like, the balloon still attached and the little card and, <laughs> you know, all of those things, I think they're so cool. And then I'm surprised that, and I guess because it's not a third-man release, but I'm surprised that the upholsters. I bet the upholsterer stuff – that have come out of the couches. I bet all of that stuff is really up there.
1: Yeah.
0: Assuming
3: Guaranteed. that somebody put it on eBay, you know, grandma knows how to use eBay. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that's whose chair it came out of, but
2: there's gotta be a chair or two out there that are still <laughs> yeah. being sat upon with a, with a vinyl inside. But... Have
1: to be. Yeah. What I love is um, after we do an interview or something, going in and finding a 45 connected to that person. Cause I think, James and I doing this podcast, at least for me, is a way to participate in the fandom. And so, I mean, it's literally participating in the fandom, but it actually, it helps me participate in the record or the collecting side of the fandom too. Because like, for instance, when we first talked to Co years ago, I found and she had she was just she knows everybody in, in alternative music early 2000s music and so she started talking about the mooney suzuki and so i, I tracked that down and i found the mooney suzuki one that she's on hey,
0: where you going with that gun in your
1: or I I track down this other like rando thing that she did you know with two other people so that's the other side of things that I love and I have a lot of records like that where the price point isn't high but for me it was the act of finding it because I give a shit but I know other people wouldn't necessarily give a shit. That's the also the kind of stuff I love to do. I don't know if either of you have any any records like that, you track it down or stuff.
2: I do stuff like that too, uh, you know, to varying degrees. Obviously we've talked to a lot of people on the show and then we've then know the name and then we find the name at you know, when we were at Amoeba digging through boxes and I'd be like, Ah, oh, this one has Dave Buick on it or, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. So um so there's a lot of a lot of that especially with Jim Diamond. Once I like got to know Jim <laughs> Diamond's work, he is on a lot of stuff and so I was like amassing a Jim Diamond collection. What I struggle with is how do you categorize like I categorize them all with my third yep, man collection. I do too. <laughs> but like they're not third man or like they're just tangentially related. They're connected by one Love. person or something. Connected by love, yes. Amy, what about you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I do a little bit of that. I think some of it is just falling in the right rabbit hole at the right moment, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of mine is, it really does just come down to the music. And so, well, I also don't live near a ton of record stores either. So you're also talking to middle America person here, Landlocked, that is... Out here in the middle of Texas, going well. I guess I'm gonna have to eBay it. So I don't really get lucky crate digging and going. Oh, look at this one. You know, when I go to a record store, it it has to be a purposeful event because I'm Mm -hmm. typically traveling, and I have to think about is this gonna this vinyl gonna sit in my car in the 110 degree heat in Texas in the summer? You know, so I have to pick my battles when I'm crate digging. It's a lot different than just on a whim gonna go check out and see if I can find the certain artists like that that's pretty rare
1: yeah uh, I, I didn't mean to uh complain about the temperature on my golden toilet Amy I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a little chilly on my butt cheeks yeah um, <laughs> let's move on to the second uh category a subcategory under vinyl here promo records so that is a record that was not for sale necessarily, but was a promotional record. So that's a separate subcategory of vinyl. I cherry picked a couple here. Obviously the biggest one, the one that we all know about, the Icky Thump 7-inch promo picture disc, which was only available if Meg White literally handed it to you. There was no current asking Amazing. price on that. <laughs> but the current asking price now is anywhere north of I found nine nine hundred and seventy five dollars on eBay was the cheapest I found. And there was a website, Pop Psych, that actually sold one recently for $1,142. Um, so that one is quite rare. Again, the music on it isn't. It's just, it's a picture disc of Meg that only Meg had to give away. And I feel like of all the Third Man record records that are like the rare ones, that one's really cool because you almost feel like you're being able to participate in Meg, like participating in Jack is like a more common, but being able to actually have some direct connection with Meg is very uncommon. And that's why I don't think I would want to get it
2: secondhand because the story of getting it from Meg to me is the worthwhile part of owning it. You know, the, the fact that it came from her is cool. Yes. And if somebody gave that to me, (laughs) <laughs> damn sure I will be keeping it but uh, yeah. it's one of those things where like I, it loses a little bit of its I was going to say power but you know it loses <laughs> a little bit of its you know uh, value to, because it's not it's not your story anymore it's its right. kind of like getting somebody else's autograph of Meg you know like I didn't get that autograph yeah. but I now own it right. and it's an interesting thing to own but i I don't have the story attached to it and I think the story is more important to me than the object itself.
1: Yeah. In fact, it's funny. You mentioned autographs. I didn't include those in the artifacts because I just ran out of time. But I don't think I would pay money for an autograph I didn't get myself. I don't know. I think, like you said, James, it's more about, I met this person and got this autograph. Now, would I turn one away? No, of course not. I got the Brendan Benson autograph on the One Mississippi copy from his website. I got that for Christmas and I was elated, you know? But... Then then there's a story that you got it as a gift. That's also part of a story. But like I don't, I'm not one of those people who go out and buy autographs. Our dad does. We know, to a degree. But dad loves buying. What dad does is really interesting. He buys old autograph books from the '50s and '60s from kids who, and and the autographs in there aren't especially expensive or anything. They're cheap. But he'll find in there, oh, Jerry and the pacemakers all signed this page, you know, and or something like that. And I think that that is cool. Something like that is interesting. Amy, where do you sit on autographs? Do you have any? or
3: You know, I've only met Jack once, and it was at a Sandlot game. And so I had bought the Sandlot poster, and so he autographed the poster for me. So that was great. But, yeah, I'm a little weird about I mean, if it's if it's already autographed and it's like, well, I'm selling this record and it was a record that I wanted and it's autographed, well, then it is what it is. But I don't search those things out. I also think it's interesting talking about like, you know, and I know we'll, we'll probably get to this when we're talking about more of the like artifacts and, and novelties. But, you know, do you buy a concert poster to something that you weren't at? I do not. Because that's getting into that territory as well. I have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: because I, I really wanted a, a hatch print, and I wanted the Jackler at a hatch print because I thought it was great because of his mugshot being on there.
1: Okay. And so, uh, well, yeah. no, that's but that's a distinction too. <laughs> I mean, you're saying you're a concert poster person. There's a distinction there with like Rob Jones artwork is beautiful. So like the, to me, that there, there's two aspects of the value to a Jack-related concert poster. You could just simply like the image, but I don't think I would do that
2: personally. Uh with a Jack White poster. If I had the space on my wall for one, which I, I don't. I, I The only poster I own is actually – I own a Kills poster and a Brendan Benson, like, signed one from the digital show. And now the digital show raises that question of I wasn't there technically. <laughs> you know, we all were there. It's the internet. Uh, so, like, I feel less connected to the show just I because I felt like I spectated the way I would spectate a DVD. So – yeah, I get weird about that, but I also really like the poster and the fact that it, you know, came from a, a specifically digital show. You know, there's something to it. James, you I, wouldn't
1: I spectate a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wouldn't spectate a house. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you wouldn't download Brandon Benson. I would. Well, <laughs> I downloaded
2: that. Company. Why is my computer high? Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Jack White posters as art, and yeah. uh, there's something to hanging something that says something about yourself, too. Like, it's just decorating, you know? Right it's, right, it's the next level of college decorating. Like, I'm not putting movie posters on the wall of Scarface or whatever, <laughs> but I am going to put up a White Stripes poster, even though yeah. um, I may not have been there. So th- it's
1: give and take. There was only one time I was tempted, and I didn't, and I regret it. Uh, on the boarding house reach tour there was a Rob Jones poster of a show I was at that I could have bought and didn't of the Escalator. You know, he did the the mm. um the Donald Trump escalator. Yes, thing. with
2: the moon. Yeah. With the
1: moon. And now I think back and go, not again, not that I have a wall space for that, but that is one that I might have liked to have owned, I think.
3: I think the only one that I really want for my collection is the uh, Las Vegas scratch off. <laughs> I think that's the coolest poster and it was such a cool idea and what a great way to get people involved. And yet again, are you going to scratch it (laughs) and and maybe win a prize or are you going to not scratch it and then be a big loser? So it's up
1: to you. I do love that uh, <laughs> uh, layer underneath this conversation of Jack White fucking with us. Like,
3: yes, <laughs> yes, 100%. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and think about think about this, uh, you know, the the Help a Stranger vault, which we found out has this fake butcher cover underneath it. And everybody's like, oh, my God, now I have to destroy my record to get to it.
1: Did you take yours? Did you do it?
3: I did not take it off, but I've thought about it.
2: I love that there's tutorials on how to get it off now of like pr- pristine. I don't actually own that vault. Oh. Uh, that was one time when money was very tight so I was not able to. Uh, I couldn't
1: bring myself home. to take it off. I couldn't bring myself. Yeah. I know it's under there. That's all I kind of need to know. I
2: think I got the indie store variant. That was the yes. my kind mm-hmm. of logic. I was like, I can't afford the vault but I can afford the, the album in white.
1: <laughs> what a time. that I received that vault in the mail the week I saw them at Amoeba and got their autographs on the cd and i remember having the bandana and it was just like i lived and breathed that record for seven american days like it was just it felt so nice it was like a little slice of like i don't know rock and roll disney world or something it was really really cool Hmm. um but anyway so the last one of the promo records i'll call out here get behind me satan promo edition the one with the different cover art with jack and the i guess i don't know actually who that is i think james and i had Thought it was Ruby and Manfu or something at some point, but it, it's not. I don't think. You know the one I'm talking about. It's black and white. They're at like a bus stop or something. Um, yeah. So that one, uh, there was only 300 copies pressed, and uh, the current asking price on Discogs is one thousand and four dollars. So you do see the tippity top, not really going much beyond a grand. There's a couple that do, but that's really where the high watermark of a lot of the collecting is, is in that $1,000 range.
2: I'm surprised uh, that the elephant promos didn't make it there because there was the elephant poop printed. That's pretty rare. And then there's uh, like the, oh, and I'm, I guess I'm thinking of the Get Behind Me Satan promo from from London or England. That's the one you mentioned.
1: I, I didn't uh, write everything down. I just, I I made note of the highest dollar amount stuff. Yeah. So that very well could be up there too. The next subcategory in vinyl, Storefront Exclusives. And this is where I bring up, Amy, what you brought up earlier, or I I don't know if you brought this one up or a different one, but the Jack White edition of the Raconteur's Hey, Jip, Dig the Slowness from the Third Man Records 10-year celebration
2: Kicking myself.
1: One of the most, one of the biggest high price tags that I saw anywhere uh, in my is it research. Really, uh, one thousand five hundred nine dollars is the current asking price for that seven-inch. Wow. Amount they were all screen printed by the fucking band, like it's that's cool, it's really cool. I watched Jarrett
2: Coral go in <laughs> to third man and get it signed at Jarrett, <laughs> and he owns it. Oh man, I'm kicking myself for not getting those tickets because I got I went to the <laughs> show. But I could have gotten the extra special bag that came with the show. You didn't get the bag, did you? I James? didn't get the bag, but <laughs> you know who did was, uh, was Christian He got the bag.
0: Who? Yeah.
2: Josh. Oh, Josh, Josh got, the ba- yeah. got the bag. Yeah. So he he lucked out in that uh, in that he got. Well, he didn't luck out. He
1: bought that. So <laughs> you own any uh, storefront exclusives, Amy? No,
3: I'm not really there for any of that stuff. You know. Yeah. Every time that I've been to third man has been not during the peak hours and the peak, <laughs> you know, events, yeah. you know, working in radio, we were always in ratings during record store day. So I was never able to take off during that time. Now I'm a teacher, so I'm teaching during that time. And yeah. I do vinyl thon every year during record store day now. So it's kind of just not there for me to to leave and, and go to some of these events. So yeah, I I don't really have any of those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. they tend to be on the pricier end because they are really limited.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Looking now at the um, Taking Me Back single. That's, what was it? if
1: $60, $65, something like that
2: at the storefront. Do, do any of you guys own tricolors? I do not, but.
1: I do own a tricolor. I was gifted it by a friend of the show and it is it is not something i would have bought for myself because while i think they are cool i don't need to spend that much money when i you know but i do think they're cool so i do own a tricolor and actually which one i own escapes me i think it's one of the uh, blunderbuss singles
2: okay
3: yeah i do i have a uh, lily may and nice. Oh, nice. i'm so happy that i have it i literally conned the rolling record store to stop in my town as they were going down <laughs> i-40 and they only had the lily may tries and so i ended up getting one and i th- i think she's autographed it now and i love it it's one of my favorite songs of her that she's ever done so if you you know have that that's lily fun. may single go listen to Nobody's for me because it's like my favorite lily may song oh, um it's a good one yeah
2: Introduce me as a
0: friend You mean more than that I can see it in the end Your future without me Cause I'm
3: Never have been, never won. So it's a win-win-win, really, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah.
1: And these eyes, backed with these eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we love we love Lily.
2: Um, I do not own any tries, and I have not visited the Rolling Records store, because every time it's around, the line is insanely long. And I, I never, I'm always like, do I want to wait 30 minutes to then go, I don't want to spend $60? <laughs> like, that's... <Right. laughs> Yeah, and then, totally. you know, 10 years later, go, why didn't I spend that $60? Yeah. This is worth th-
1: thousands. Now. <laughs> or wait the 30 minutes. The next subcategory in vinyl tour exclusives. These are a little less common. But one of the ones I found here was a white stripes, white blood cells, Australia Japan tour variant with a red vinyl pressing. Only 500 were created. And the current asking price for that on eBay is $999. So that's pretty buck wild. I had no idea that that really existed. But yeah, that is... I didn't uh, either.
3: I, think, yeah. I, I I wanted to be like, hey, I'm the idiot in the room. But I I don't think I've ever heard of that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, nothing. I did find another one here in uh, variants by country. There are also country-specific variants, not necessarily tour-specific variants. One I found here, a White Stripes Elephant Australian variant with color-varied art, which I think, James, is the one you were mentioning with the poop.
2: I don't know if that's that one, but yeah, there's a different
1: so the the suits are all sort of artificially painted white and that one is also going for 1029 dollars on discog so another subcategory there variants by country of course the ones we'll be most familiar with will be the saboteurs versions of the Tours albums which frankly i would like to own but i don't know if i would pay an exorbitant amount of money for it if i found that in a record store and it was like 20 30 bucks i'd probably buy it
3: whoa watch out big spender Twenty dollars <laughs> on that you know 800 record good 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 job
1: <laughs> good well, that, but that's where my head's at though that's where my head's at with it it's like that's literally only a novelty thing because the record's not any different it's just a different yeah. logo and so i don't really give a shit but i but it's enough of a <sighs> where i'd be like interested enough to own it but not at a crazy price
2: What's weird is, like, I've considered, like, I had the opportunity to get the Saboteurs, you know, Broken Boy Soldiers, you know, it's the regular copy. But, like, I was like, oh, I could get this for $25. Should I? And then I went, no. Because, you know what, I would rather get, like, a T-shirt that says Saboteurs on it because I think that's yeah. cooler. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
3: oh, I'm the sucker that would buy it. I Hands down. <laughs> I think it's cool. And oh, it I is. would want to own it yeah and
2: if if i was to have one i would also think it's cool and i would definitely keep it and and love it and hug it every day but (laughs) i also didn't want to give any money to bezos because it was on amazon so i was like yeah
1: (laughs) who needs it the penultimate subcategory in the vinyl section here the three inch records james that you mentioned earlier the background of these for those who've of you who don't know is this is a set of three inch records manufactured in 2005 in conjunction with the white stripes marketing of the triple IncaPhone, right
2: inchophone inchophone
1: yeah triple inchophone three inches triple inchophone a customized miniature record player that runs a custom rpm and plays only three inch records This set that i found here on discogs was uh, the complete set so it's got all of them that complete set is top special love with a girl dead leaves in the dirty ground hotel yorba seven nation army hardest button to button and blue orchid interesting top special made its way into that that's pretty cool actually that was limited to a thousand uh pressings and uh, according to the Third Man Records website, only 400 were initially released in 2005. The remaining 600 were released later in 2014. And the current asking price on Discogs for that complete set of three-inch records, $1,437.
2: Which is not technically a complete set unless you get the Jack White-specific record that he would hand you, much like Meg, which is the Denial Twist True. three-inch record.
1: Wow, don't know what I'd do with that, but
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> he'd hand it to you like a business card. Amazing! Here's a three-inch record. I challenge you to use it.
3: Is this because Jack had just put that in his pocket? Meg had to like carry this bag yeah. with like all her records in it. Like, do you do you happen to have it on you, Meg? Like, I actually do. She had to wear a
2: backpack for five <laughs> she, years. She did. Yeah, like a
1: teenage mutant ninja turtle. It's like. Whoosh contractually obligated <laughs> <to carry.
3: laughs> it's, because, it's because women never get pockets so thanks a lot <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, jack you son of a bitch um so the last category here in the vinyl uh, section is test pressings again this is a whole other subset of fandom i have a test Pressing, I think of something. It's not anything interesting, but it's uh, just one of those, like either it's Jeff the brother or something. You find them sometimes in record stores. I found some at eBay a couple times. The uh, exceptionally uh, high-priced ones, though, I found two. The Warner Brothers pre-Third Man White Stripes "Icky Thump" test pressing on eBay goes for, and this is one of the higher price-point items we've. I found three thousand two hundred ninety-nine dollars. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Super duper expensive. And then a sealed Warner Brothers label Rack and Tours Consolers of the Lonely test pressing also goes for $999 on eBay. Those were the two higher ones I found.
2: I was very tempted to go to Nashville to win that McCartney test pressing at the third man trivia. Oh, yeah. Um, Where everybody cursed out Blackwell for
1: two hard <laughs> questions or whatever.
2: Oh I I didn't even know I don't know what the questions entailed no, so that's th-
1: th- did you see did you see on Instagram he posted a over resp- uh one of the the answers tickets he got where it was uh, I guess you had to write your answer on the ticket and hand them to the to Blackwell and mm. one of them one of the questions he asked like how to spell and it was some long french name or something and um that he opened up the ticket and it says it's spelled go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's really, really funny to me. <laughs> I, either, either you own any test pressings, any, any?
3: I do, but they're not third man related. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I have, a, I have a couple of things. Breeders? Uh, I actually have, I have a, a Pixies, actually, that, wow. Um, wow. yeah. A, a, and it's, a, it, it, I say Pixies, it's the um the one of the the cover albums that they did where it's a bunch of artists covering the pixies but yeah. it's a double double test pressing so it's That's really awesome. cool
1: yeah, yeah nice fantastic so that brings us to the novelties section the second subcategory of fandom i didn't uh include a lot here but i included two particularly uh high price point items one was really interesting that i didn't even really realize existed the year after the vault came out so 2010 There was a White Stripes fan bundle that was released and billed as a uh, White Stripes vinyl starter merchandise collection, which was released on the website in conjunction with Christmas that year. The background on this one is 7-inch record packaged with the White Stripes vinyl starter merchandise collection, uh, which was the the Christmas single. It includes a custom White Stripes-themed Nixon headphones, portable record player, lp vinyl carrying box seven inch vinyl carrying box a turntable slip mat 345 vinyl adapters a record cleaning brush and that set was limited to 333 copies the current asking price on ebay is of 1500 bucks and 1600 on discogs so that's pretty on the on the higher end of that but that's pretty cool you know like it's yeah pretty neat set
2: those sorts of sets um I remember them coming, you know, early on in the in the third man kind of company itself. And I really, really was super interested in getting the Lomography sets. They have the Jack White specific one and the Meg White specific Lomography sets with all the gorgeous Rob Jones artwork and stuff. And I was so tempted to get those. <laughs> they were expensive from the get-go. I think those were $300 or something. Yeah. Retail. So those were, you know, kind of harder to get ticket items
1: now james you and i have exchanged some of this stuff over the years for christmases and birthdays and things i got you the lego set one year or i guess plastic brick set they couldn't call yes. it lego whatever it was um i know you opened that and assembled it
2: oh yeah yeah you got it. it's collecting dust on the top of my shelf by with all my third man stuff that's right as it should
1: but you got me i mean as far as that ephemera kind of stuff goes i remember one of the favorite things you got me was one of those icky thump usb port things that had the album on it, which is so awesome. I just love that so much. But uh, I'm taking a look over at my shelf here. And, you know, there's it's usually stuff. I I really don't have a lot of that. It's usually stuff that came from the vault or something like that. Uh, Amy, you said that you were into the novelties and ephemera. What are are some of your favorites that you've got in your collection? Well,
3: I have the cameras, and I love, love, love the cameras. Um, I use the cameras. I wasn't going to let them sit in the box because I was like... (laughs) It's a camera. Let's go use it, and they're <laughs> some of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. I just, I adored it. Now, you know, per Jack White, let's make everything real difficult because you're gonna have to send that film off, and you're gonna have to get that, you know, sent back to you now because there's nobody <laughs> that can develop that in my city. But um, third man
2: can. <laughs>
3: yeah, third man can now. Um, so I, I really, really love the cameras. Um, I have the um, Dead Weather. They they made those like metal signs of, and it was like the pictures that they took with the, the black oh, and yeah. yellow Polaroid film, and then they turned those into metal signs, and that's one of my favorite things that sits on top of my piano, so I see it while I'm playing piano, and um, I, I also have the USBs, the Icky Thump USBs, um, someone gifted those to me this Christmas, <laughs> and that was, nice. I was like, oh my gosh, what an amazing <laughs> gift that was, because I've wanted those little things forever. My friend Raina has the nesting dolls, and I think those are the coolest thing. Yeah, Um, they're very cute, yeah. I wish I had those. I think think those are really cool. But, um, yeah, I love, even, you know, down to pins and things like that. I just like the little lapel pins, and I just, I like trinkety things.
2: There's a whole subset of pin collector, third man collectors. (laughs) Like, come up with... An amazing like i think don't you have an interesting kind of pin display um i think i've seen I, it on, on i the don't group.
3: Um, no? no at cameo my friend cameo does okay. um yeah i think i think there's several people that they're way way into the pens
2: i've seen several displays that are that are really really interesting and um it made me like rethink how i display pins and so like i found you know a board and stuff for them and um but yeah, that, I think it's funny because a lot of those those novelties come down to uh, like kind of have their start and beginnings at the icky thump era because mm-hmm. that I think is when Jack White decided to really f- figure out marketing <laughs> for his bands in terms of of uh, you know items to purchase because I I distinctly remember that having a, a large amount of merchandise for that album, you know, larger than the other subsequent albums. Not that we were at any of the shows for, for any of the other albums, but like the ones that are available are, are really interesting. And there's a lot of, of them.
1: Well, there was all that money poured into that album at, uh, from, from Warner. The, yeah. the other one, I mean, the other ones you think about XL releases and shit like that and, or Virgin or something like that. Icky Thump, People don't necessarily think of that as his biggest selling thing, but it was. That was that's it. That's the pinnacle. I don't think Jack got bigger uh, in any of his acts than Ike Thump." It's just because, well, a, it's their most. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to say. It. I, I was about to say it's their most commercially appealing album, maybe. But then you think about Elephant, and you're like, nah, eh, maybe Elephant's more commercial. But at the very least, it is. Like everything Jack and Meg learned as a band is evident on that album. It's the pinnacle of that band in a lot of ways. I think I could safe to say, and they had all that cash <laughs> because yeah. Warner Brothers was trying to, you know, cash in or not Warner Brothers Warner Music was trying to cash in, and so that's when you get all that extra promotion and they really blew it out. So yeah, that era you do you do find a lot of stuff. That's where the singles blew out.
2: Yeah, they redecorated uh, the Capitol Records as the Icky Thump store. Tower Records. Capitol Tower, yeah. Tower Records, thank you, as the Icky Thump store. And uh, I'm I'm surprised it wasn't on on your list, Paul, but the the Icky Thump Tartan is extremely (laughs) rare and high-priced. That one's something people – often seek out that and the scarves uh, the
1: original scarves well I didn't again I didn't get my list is not extensive by any stretch the only ephemera that I have and participate with in any meaningful way and it's it's something I wasn't sure how to categorize was um, books third man books but um, the the blue series book is one of my the most prized items in my collection not because it's rare or something but because we really don't have archival books like that all that often you get them in vaults sometimes like the book that came with the icky thump 10-year anniversary is really really cool because it's an awesome like photo book of that whole recording session but yeah not in the way the blue series book is so that's one of my most prized pieces of like ephemera kind of thing the second subcategory in the novelties and the, and the last subcategory I, I put in here in the novelties, just because there was so many at a certain point, is sealed vault packages, as we talked about. Now, obviously, the first vault we know is going to be the, the one that's most expensive. I found sealed Third Man Records vault number one. 2500 Well, you kind of split the baby in half. Um, the, the lowest end I found was $1,299. And I think that that may have not necessarily been sealed, but it was the complete package. And then the highest I found was somebody was selling it for five grand on Discogs, which is a lot. Five grand is a lot. That's a lot of money. Especially for something you're not, you're buying a box. You're buying a heavy box at that point. You're not, it's not even something you can see or hear or anything. It's just an unassuming Heavy box with someone else's address on it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in um, it's in discrete packaging. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not. A, I'm cracking those vaults open. I open those suckers as soon as I get them. I I touch everything. I get my grubby mitts all over all that shit. And they give you really cool stuff in those things. I, we've talked about this on the show before, but one of my favorites was the gigantic Jack White flag, which came in one of those, which again, I hung on my cubicle wall and everybody thought it was some weird alt-right thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people coming up to me, Hey, uh, hey, what what does that mean? And I was, <laughs> what <laughs> do you <laughs> mean? That is good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, the sealed vault packages. Do either of you have sealed vault packages? I I'm going to go ahead and answer for James. No. Amy, do you have a sealed vault package?
3: I do, but it's you do. Only because I I do, but it's it's not because I'm saving it. It is literally it came in during a hectic time of my life and I didn't have a chance to sit down and listen to it. So it it's it's not because I didn't want to open it cuz I want to open all of them.
1: But now but. at this point, you can't
3: <laughs> oh, I will. I will. It's just it's just it's just finding the time. But yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I have yeah. to say, I do miss the pizza boxes. The, the, the third man pizza boxes. They're very fun to look at in their own right. I saved one of those. If that's of sealed vaults, it's not sealed, but I have a pizza box. <laughs> and it's holding some of
1: my albums. I save one or two of those things, but at a certain point cuz like when we were kids and I I have a massive Marvel collection from when I was younger and I was saving cups, old Spider-Man movie drinking cups. Basically when I we cleaned out my old childhood room, my wife was like, "Oh, why are we mailing all this trash to California?" <laughs> 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 well, it's true because i remember in the
2: you had already moved out and we were going through the basement when my, our parents were were moving and i found i you not like 16 dr pepper can <laughs> spider-man on them that were empty
3: i laugh because this is me and my husband
2: like,
1: yeah.
3: so hard like, really <laughs> oh yes yes
1: so what yeah. is it what, is, what we, do you we say just like
3: collecting things you yeah. know and so yeah it's like well this is this is a dallas cowboys dr pepper and it's like what is happening and it I used to... to be full so it's like <laughs> a liquid filled record you know it used to have liquid in it
2: <laughs> i had to go through a reckoning of that with with my own stuff because i i learned from Paul who learned from our dad so I was collecting when the Incredi- when the Hulk movie came out in 2003 the bad one I collected the heap they put out so many garbage products of that were actually better than the movie. There was like a a, a a Hulk chocolate syrup, Hershey's chocolate syrup that was green. And I saved this chocolate syrup bottle after it was done. And the Lord knows I didn't get all the syrup out of there. Yeah, It's still got some syrup it's in there. It's still got some syrup in there. Yeah. And now you, you have, have an ant
3: problem. You know? <laughs> exactly.
2: So I had to get rid of a lot of that. it were just chocolate bar wrappers. It's Anyway, that goes into
3: same and and we moved uh, we moved two years ago and yeah it was like i don't really want to move all of this stuff like i really (laughs) i don't want to send the trash and open up the box of trash when i get to the new
0: house what's funny is i follow
2: i follow instagram accounts who post that trash and i'm like i had that trash yeah Yeah. that's fond (laughs) memories of trash
1: (laughs) i tell you i will never forget the look in my wife's eyes when she removed from one of my boxes an old popcorn bag from the movie theater that had Daredevil the, the movie on it, and she's they like, have, like
3: <laughs> "What is this?"
1: Look, she didn't say a bag. word. Not a word and now was Now you exchange. have rats. So <laughs> she just looked at me. What like, the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> You need therapy. Yeah. D- <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's some trauma. Short answer: Yes. Your Long trauma answer, yes. in your in your childhood. <laughs> that you need to collect this.
1: <laughs> All right. So the last uh, subcategory of collecting is the one that I find most interesting: artifacts. So that's like historical things connected to the band,
2: popcorn bags, et cetera.
1: <laughs> popcorn bags, et cetera. This is where I would place um, autographs. I guess in theory. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and whip this one out here. Uh, Jack sold
3: have... Coke cans. Yes. <laughs> he
2: he does sell the Third Man beer bottles, and I <laughs> considered getting a. Uh, anyway, I
1: have two Jack White autographs. One is on uh, the entire Rack and Tours, Ooh, uh, which I had nice. them sign in front of me at Amoeba, um, and that's where I said to Jack, "Hey, Jack, I I uh, I, I do a radio show on the internet. Uh, we had Blackwell on." And it was in such a rush, and they were literally shoving us along, and he turned to me and was like, Blackwell? And then then before you knew it, the amoeba guy (laughs) hoisted me away, (laughs) but there was a moment of, what the fuck?
3: Uh, <laughs> Call security. Yeah.
1: We, we know he's listened to the show. We've known he, we know he's listened to the show recently, not just through Olivia Jean who told us that she forced him to listen to it in the car one time, but also from Blackwell, <laughs> who asked him a lot of questions about why we're such fucking goobers. Um <laughs> But both times I've inter I've interacted with him three times. <laughs> neither of those three times has the show come up but this is my other autograph i got um oh that's cool from the reading that he did out here so nice, this is the awesome. stuff but this is the vet like i wouldn't buy this like i would buy the book in fact we have an extra copy so our daughter can read it and beat it up and stuff but like i wouldn't buy an autograph copy of this but the fact that i have and i can remember the time you know that's the kind of stuff that's important to me so artifacts do you have any artifacts uh you, you guys want to share
2: there's two that are the most meaningful to me I mean obviously I keep all ticket stubs I, I'm a ticket stub I keep them hoarder. Too. I love yep. love those uh, in fact I I think I've chimed in on a, on a collector's group post about this but even though Jack white doesn't give physical tickets anymore I print out the ticket instead of using my phone and bring that ticket to the show with me <laughs> and and the that one I keep because that's got it's It's got the markings of being in my pocket from that night. And like, it's, it's memorable. And that, that this was the piece of paper that I used to get into that show. And so that's kind of the weird things I tell myself and and get into weirdness. But the meaningful ephemera, I mean, I obviously have a lot of signed stuff and uh, from whatever from shows that are, you know, really important to me, the Lily May autograph and pictures and stuff. Paul got Lily May to autograph a picture of me and her that I, that i had taken and so that's really memorable but important to me but the um the third man records pen the uh the the pen that the elusive pen that they do not sell and say they don't give out to anybody i have no idea how often they give these out to people but i have one of these pens wow um from mom and yeah, dad yeah. who went to the store escaping a hurricane in florida uh they went to the store and the person at the counter liked their dog so much because they brought their dog in. Shout out to their dog, Algebra, <laughs> that they gave them the pen. And then they <laughs> subsequently gave me the pen um, wow. for my birthday. So I was very excited to, to get that pen. Uh, and then the, the other thing is the – and, Paul, I've shown this to you a thousand times and whatever. But the, the no – Oh, Yeah. It's like the no parking poster. I don't remember exactly what's on it, but it's, it's like a just a dumb poster that the the show had put on the wall, uh, of a door, I guess the wall of a door, a door, um,
1: <laughs> at Madison in, Square Garden.
2: Yeah, at Madison Square Garden at the White Stripes show that we went to, and it, it's I think it says like no reentry or something along those lines, but it's White Stripes branded and it's with like <laughs> their kind of aesthetic, and it's it's a really cool like piece of something that i don't think a lot of people took those and it, it just yeah. it feels very special to me because like this is i'm never big on rip down all of the things you see in a concert venue but this was like a I do that you know <laughs> i i grabbed this and it it i look at it and i i'll often and, and and think back to that show
3: did either of you ever get the yellow business cards from any of them
2: Oh, no, not from them. No. Uh, Kate Smelter made the business cards for the collectors group, and me and Paul have yeah. those, but we didn't receive any from any of the, the actual the legit ones. people. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I,
3: I, have a, I have the Kate ones, and I love them, and I've traded with a bunch of other people, and so I have a small little collection from other awesome. members of the group, which I love. And mm-hmm. then I think like I did not take one, but it crossed my mind to take a yonder pouch from one of the
0: shows, <laughs> but
3: I did not. <laughs> it crossed my mind
2: too because I mean, you just yeah. you just need a knife. Like, All you need is a knife. You know, That's just so some
3: scissors will get it right yeah. out of there.
2: <laughs> did you get a business card yourself? You, you said
3: I did not. Uh, I I think the only thing like I said the Sandlot poster, um, the Jack signed and. I don't really have a lot of that stuff. And like I said, I think a lot of it is just that I'm never at Third Man at yeah. the right time, it feels like. So I miss yeah. out on a lot of that stuff. But boy, those Sandlot games, they that was the hottest day of my life and also the coldest day of my life at, at another one. So, um, yeah, they picked they pick <laughs> the absolute worst days to do the Sandlot <laughs> games on. I don't know how they've got that down, but it's yeah, terrible. I, the, <laughs> one,
2: the one I could have seen and missed out on, it was... It was pouring rain so yeah they really they really they're really, really good at
3: picking horrible days so <laughs> the really uh, the cool. one in nashville we were actually eating in franklin at Puckett's, and we get the tweet that's like you know we're gonna head you know it's a, it's a it's a beautiful day to play a sandlot game in franklin and we're like oh my god we're already here like and so it all just kind of happened and we go over there and this it was like this giant cloud came descending <laughs> oh. upon us and it I think that te- the temperature dropped and it it was probably probably eighteen degrees while we were out there and we were freezing to death and there was a Whole Foods across the street so I went and bought coffee for a bunch of us and we were just trying to stay warm but we had like light jackets on and nobody <laughs> oh. was prepared for it and it was uh, it was pretty miserable but we had a great time and that's all that matters we did pick up one of the foul balls that nice. Oh, that, uh, that went that's, over the fence, cool. but didn't get assigned or anything. So yeah, it's, so that's an artifact, but it's like, Hey, look at this ball that could have came from <laughs> anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, while we were talking, I pulled down a couple of the artifacts. I'm going to share here. This one I've shared on the uh, Instagram before. This is a drawing James did of from our Olivia Jean interview of um, a witch and a Roomba, which was a joke from the interview. And James had Olivia sign it for me with a That's happy birthday cool. message which is really really sweet so i love that a big one uh this is my one and only guitar pick
3: oh nice
1: from the uh i do
3: have a guitar pick
1: from the help a stranger i think this is a brendan one caught at the nice. end as i've written here caught at the end of the Rack and Tour show at the greek theater in los angeles july 2019 I saw this like a like in those Richard Attenborough documentaries when you see an eagle spot a <laughs> spot a, a a mole rat I fucking <laughs> saw this thing and I put my foot over it immediately and I no one was going to wrestle that thing away from me like I was a, I was a monster I was a real monster about
3: it I got a, a Justin Chancellor oh. pick like that as well and a guy was like searching and searching and i was like it's under my foot but i'm not gonna move um and then same thing with the jack pick i got it um an albuquerque and it's the three it has the three Ah. on on the side it's really cool and my friend next to me daru had or uh yeah daru had thrown a drumstick and it we were on the front row and it hit the bar and then it flew into the orchestra pit because it was in this this oh. little venue. And our friend jumped over the rail and went into the orchestra pit <laughs> to get this. And security was going to kick us out. And it was like this whole thing, but we got, we got, <laughs> our, we got our artifacts, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> I caught a flogging Molly drumstick from a second floor balcony in Philadelphia, one time, <laughs> oh, over what? the r- and over the rail, fucking. <laughs> Got it. Uh, that and was
3: that a- was in the uh, you know the day you died, and we're getting the ghost <laughs> version of you now. So
1: <laughs> uh, James did this one for me. This is a uh, this is the social images from uh, some of our co-interviews, and he had co-signed that for me, which is really that is cool.
2: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, uh, the. The letter I wrote to Co to have her sign that I scrawled it out on sharpie on a piece of paper, and she flipped it over and scrawled another like page long note <laughs> and said like I'm recycling this paper of yours, and I kept that, and that's a that's a cool <laughs> little thing.
1: Uh, and the last one I have here is uh, James did the same for me. He had a picture photo of me and Lily Mae signed by Lily May and framed, which is lovely. That is cool. Th- th- that was a great day. That was the listening party for Forever and Then Some, and she and I spoke for like a long time. Like it was like a while, and that was really special, and uh, I'll never forget that that day uh, and how much I ignored the person I was with to make sure I talked to Lily Mae for as long as I could.
3: She is one of the nicest people that I've ever met, and so sweet. Um, every time we go, yeah. my husband and I get to see her, and it's I just I love her whole family. They're just really, yeah. really great people, um, and Grace, and they're just I I just love them all so. Mm. Um, Not too long ago, my husband and I drove over to Oklahoma City. She was playing a free show in a park. And actually, I have never seen her solo show ever before. I've only seen her playing with the Rishis down on Broadway. And so we decided last minute, hey, we got a new car. Let's go break it in and take a road trip. And so... We drove over there that night and um watched her play and it was fantastic but so I have a lot of weird little things like that you know she gave me a t-shirt for coming oh my god you drove 4 hours to see me I'm like <laughs> I, you know I've actually drove like 13 and a half but that's beside the point <laughs> but she there's such great people so
1: yeah, I love her Well the only uh, artifact I pulled was well I pulled two The most expensive thing I could find on eBay, I'm pretty sure, came from the third man auction. But the White Stripes road case with monitor goes for $10,000 on eBay. Gosh. And then I pulled uh, the most expensive concert poster. I, I put concert posters into artifacts, but the most expensive one I could find was the Southgate House White Stripes concert poster, the one with Donnie and Marie on it. Mm. This poster print by Mafia was the concert at Southgate House Ballroom, Kentucky, on 10th March 2001. It was a variant one, only 10 made, signed, and numbered. The rarest white stripes poster and one of the earliest. These sizes, 11 by 7 by 22 inches. It has condition, you know, and then he describes the condition issues. The asking price on that, $1,800 on eBay. <sighs>
3: Wow. But how much is that last uh, cooler from the Rolling Record store? I'm just wondering. You know. <laughs> yeah, they're, the they're last ready. one. It's the last <laughs> one. You better hurry and get it.
2: <laughs> this is the only... Om- I, I have to find a place for this one. This is the Brandon one. But it's, it's signed by the whole oh, band. Oh, that's cool. And I love this. I love this poster. It's, it's great. It's so cool. But I have to find a place for it. But I'm kicking myself... For not getting the Madison Square Garden show poster that Jack White did, uh, oh, that Mike oh, got. That we that yeah, that Mike got with the Empire State Building needle. That one is a really, really cool one. However, I don't know where I'd hang it because yeah. it's huge. Yeah. It's really big. It's really big. And the decor of our house doesn't really jive with with that too much. <laughs> um, my wife gets lets me get away with a lot uh, in terms of decorating, but um, you know, having a three foot by 10 foot poster of
1: Jack White. Not ideal. So we will wrap up here with, I did two uh, polls on the instruments of our social destruction in the third man record collectors group. I took a poll today. What's the most money you've paid for a third man collectible? And what was it? Did you feel good about the price at the time? And has your feeling changed since you bought it? Now I'm not going to read the names because I, I'm realizing I did not include that I was going to read on the podcast, but I'll read a couple of these because they're pretty awesome. We have one that says uh, they spent $575 for the live in Las Vegas poster uh, that you had mentioned, Amy. Let's see. We That's have... pricey
3: for a poster. And, yes. And I think early on they were going, they were pretty high. And I wonder if that settled down, if there's any available now, because I'd kind of still be interested. Just
1: <laughs> Uh, Vito, I'm sure he'd be fine. me, say Vito Hicks, a yeah. friend of the show, Vito, <laughs> uh, spent $200 on a little package that contained both a lightning bolt and an inverted lightning bolt copy of Blunderbuss.
2: Yes, two very rare ones.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He found the deal on Reddit. Uh, we have somebody here who paid, I assume from the UK, who paid 100 pounds for a Black Bells tricolor, which is very cool.
2: The Stephen Colbert tricolor is the only one
1: I think I truly want. That one's really getting, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have $200 here for a Nicky Thump Mono, but that's, that's actually pretty reasonable for a Nicky Thump that's, Mono, honestly.
3: Yeah. He had a steal.
1: Yeah. Let's see who else. Oh, $250 for the nesting dolls. Is that how much they're going for? Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, they're really cool,
3: though. They're
2: so Yeah, they cool. are pretty neat.
1: Yeah, we have $200 on the scratch-off print and uh, won the Philosopher's Prize. I don't know what that. Oh, I guess yeah. So that must have been they. Yeah, they played one of the it. prizes. Yeah, the Las Vegas Yeah, yeah. They played the scratch-off. Yeah. We have some uh, someone who posted guitars here for a buck fifty each, which must be Third Man equipment. Um, I, I didn't really go into the Third Man hardware of it all because that's a whole other ball game. Uh, maybe we'll have Alex and Jordan talk to us about that
2: again. And speaking of ball games, there's also the war stick end of it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> we have a thousand dollars here for the denial twist three inch. Thousand dollars. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the Jack White specific one that he has to give you. So yep,
1: yep. Uh, we have one person who's just, in total s- summation, about two grand on their collection, including uh, tries and a triple decker, two hundred fifty dollars for the liquid filled record.
2: That probably needs to be refilled at this point.
1: Around a grand for a near complete and Tours stage set. Which looks like it's from the Consolers of the Lonely uh, era, which is really, really, really fucking cool. And this person has posted a photo of it, of him on the stage in the, his backyard, and it's really fucking awesome. <laughs> what?
3: You want to come to my Rack's barbecue? We're doing
1: it. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's
2: like the Merv Griffin set in Seinfeld. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, somebody – it was possible recently. I think somebody in the collector's group was selling the go-kart. The the, go-kart's from the video. Yeah. From the – yeah. From the Steady She Goes video. And I – would have loved to have bought that if I had a place to display
3: it. Same. <laughs> I
2: think that was most people in the group was just like, yeah. I don't know where I'd put a go-kart, but really cool.
3: I mean, every weekend if you have the stage like barbecue and yep. Rock Tours karaoke yep. every weekend.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> God, that is awesome. We have somebody who paid a quote crazy amount for the live in Mississippi and it was worth every penny. We have um we have somebody here who spent 850 on a Nicky Thump mono. That's a lot. That's a spice. How much did they spend? Eight hundred and fifty. Ooh, yeah. Oh wait, I'm sorry. It was it looks like it's a batch. 850 for the mono, oh. the Get Behind Me Satan promo that I mentioned, and live oh, in Mississippi. Yeah.
3: And that's uh, actually a really good deal.
1: They got it about eight years ago, so it was a it was a little less. It was after I sold my eighty three tops reproduction Jack White card that Jack was handing out on tour for two thousand dollars so they made out okay so that's all right
3: that's a cool artifact too mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. that you get directly from jack i think is really cool
1: this live in mississippi seems to be the prevailing one here we have somebody who spent upwards of 800 for that and the icky thump mono i don't know what the live in mississippi is must have been an early it's, vault package. it's a vault yeah
2: it's a vault package that um they later released on nugs so you can get like the cd version of it so if you want to hear the show it's a good show um, but it's got the cover of that uh, that frozen pillar of ice. That obviously it's frozen. Um, but it's in it's in Mississippi. It's a cool it's a cool uh, record.
1: I guess, you know what? I think I recall that, and everybody was pissed when it came out on Nugs, right? That was the thing.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, generally yeah. what third man fan collectors like to be. <laughs> There's a lot of.
3: I'm Calling out to ghosts that are no longer there.
1: I'm getting hard on myself, sitting in my easy chair. But there's three people in the mirror, and I'm
2: wondering which one of them I should choose.
3: And I can't keep from laughing Spitting out these 300 mile per hour out Poor
0: blues
1: So <laughs> the last thing here is a second question I pose to our the instruments of our social destruction On Instagram, do you consider yourself a third man records collector. And I got a couple responses here. One from Maeve Graham that said, I think I could call myself a third man collector. I go often enough that all the time at Nashville, uh, that the storefront staff know me by name and try to find something I haven't heard yet. So yeah, that's, that's a collector. If they know you in the storefront by name, that you're a collector. Alfonso. We're talking to you. Uh, We have one here from, oh, from Kate McCoy. I do, and against my will or better judgment. Collecting was so fun (laughs) once upon a time. I'm admittedly much less obsessive now, but white-striped stuff and oddities are always appealing to me. I have also never unsubscribed to the vault. I was involuntarily unsubscribed when they had that PayPal changeover, but I just can't cancel... I think I started at vault 12. That's an early vault. Wow. That's good. And and if I
2: recall, she has a copy of the mono version. Yeah.
1: No, she had a picture. She had a Meg picture. She had a Meg picture. Oh, right. Wow. We have here, Dwayne Hay says, yes, because I have almost 300 third man items in my collection. That's a lot.
2: I mean, that's when you have to stop because that's That's a magic
1: number. (laughs) 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 That's just a quantity issue at that point. Ryan Smith says, Yes, I've been a Vault member for many years. A close friend is on the label. I don't want to miss a release, and I want to support the Third Man family. So, a lot of people, we're getting a lot of yes, I am a collector responses. We have one here from D French or Dan French, which says a third man collector. Yes, because I buy what I can justify spending on. No, because that means missing out on things that ideally I'd like, but can't justify the expenditure on my collection. That isn't huge.
2: I understand. And I think we share a lot of that too. Uh, It's interesting with the last one you had mentioned where close friends on the label. It's uh, super cool to me, the sheer number of people who are a part of the label or adjacent to the label that are also collectors so people who are involved with the product are, are just as likely to be collecting and i mean you have blackwell obviously and then right. you know eric von munns is in the collectors group and he made white stripes show posters the, you know <laughs> it's like it's really cool to see the line get blurred a little bit
1: there yeah
3: that von munns poster that he made that looks like a record mm-hmm. with like the date and the show time on yeah. it y'all know what I'm talking about I do I always wanted that I thought that was like it's... the coolest thing because it's like the it's like the perfect marriage of like the things I love like oh my god it's a vinyl and a show poster what
2: <laughs> didn't he do a I laser cut that. version too where he cut into the uh, a vinyl that has the yeah Yeah, oh, it's neat anyway I think
3: so and then and then he was like wasn't he like making shirts or something at like mm-hmm. one of the events he was like you could make a screen print a shirt for you right there on the spot so yeah.
1: awesome. he's he's a cool stuff. guy yeah uh, Shane Devon says, I think I consider myself more of a white stripes collector. So that's interesting because most of the items I found in the high price points were white stripes items. My main collection is first pressings of white stripes singles. Hmm. I started the collection about 12 years ago and I finally have everything I need to say I have every first pressing single although more detailed collectors such as ben blackwell may be able to poke holes in my logic Uh, our dad uh, collects first pressing beetle singles Uh, of course i don't have every variant i stopped collecting variants a long time ago because they are seemingly never ending for instance i don't have the hand-painted lafayette blues single because i will never be able to afford it but to make my brain stop itching i classify that as a variant collectors sometimes have to play mental gymnastics to make themselves feel better (laughs) about impossible pieces and that truer words are never, were never spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The last one here from Nikolai Stremmer. I am based in Germany and I'm totally obsessed with third man records. I am a vault member and have to collect every little shit. They are bringing out (laughs) kind regards. And
2: now that he's got London close by, it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier for him, I'm That's sure. Right.
1: That's right. So we'd like to thank everybody for participating in that. And thank Amy Hart for Aww. joining us on the show today, Amy. Are you are, you, are you still me. Are you still on the radio waves anywhere? Is there anything you'd like to plug? What do you got? <laughs> anything?
3: <laughs> you, are you teaching the you, children these days? You
1: want to plug the children? I am the
3: teaching children? the young minds of America and uh, molding them. So, yeah, I'm, I broadcast out of Amarillo. I, I work for Amarillo College, and we're going to have final thon And it's, you know, we're still, we we have turntables in the studio. I still make radio fun for for all of my students, and I just love them. And they blow me away every day so if you have a chance to listen you want to check it out it's kacvfm.org uh, so you can listen to us online anytime
1: that is Excellent. wonderful and amy i wanted to thank you as well for um sending us that lovely cover for the the thurman podcast open show we did uh you are quite a talented piano player
3: oh thank lovely. you yeah, i am Thank you. I've been playing piano a long time. I picked up guitar and uh, just recently about a month ago started playing bass and I'm just trying to branch out and do all sorts of different things. to think about you know I think my thing probably like y'all is trying to condense down all (laughs) my hobbies and things that I love because I love everything and it's like I want to be reading a book while I'm producing a podcast and making music like all at the same time and I haven't figured out how to do that yet so if y'all figure that Uh, out you're just like us
1: I I categorize it as being (laughs) aggressively interested in things.
3: Yeah. It's it's overwhelming (laughs) at times. I'm like, why do I have to love everything? Um, But I I do want to say before we wrap up, um, of all the things that I have collected over the years, I love the third man stuff, but... My friends that I have made, the things that they have made and sent to me, the gifts that we have exchanged over the years, you know, even those little business cards that Kate Schmelter made. I love the personalized things that I have received from all of the other third man record collectors. Those are by far my favorite things in my collection. They might not mean anything to anybody if they were ever to see them, but they mean the world to me. So that is my favorite part of of all of this.
2: I second that. It's there's another subcategory, Paul, to make it to four, which is the
1: fandom collectibles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which 100%. does exist. James makes me and, yeah. books of the different shows we've seen over the years. Custom books with photos of us.
3: Oh my god, that's so with cool. With photos of us
1: at the shows.
3: Um, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Look at that. Those are so uh, great. Yeah, and this is. Oh my gosh, I need to do that. They're so That is the coolest so, so idea. These
1: things mean more to me than any record I own. I mean, it's just it's awesome. So,
3: and that's what Literally priceless. And you know, know what I like to do? Yeah. I'm
1: so sorry, Mr. Jack White. And your fiber I apologize also to your fiber optic Jesus. Um <laughs> I like to take video and photos at shows and I like to then make those into a YouTube basically mini movie that I can keep along with the pictures from the shows that I take as a memory of this show to keep with me forever. Now I know Jack doesn't like that (laughs) and I know it can be annoying to some, especially when you have your, your, what do you call them? Your iPad directors in the uh, audience, but I try and be discreet and respectful to people's field of vision. I hold it right here like this, like a fucking maniac. But to me, that's part of how I participated and enjoyed a show, so that I also collect those and collect those memories from those concerts because th- that
2: I'll just say to anybody who is like Paul in that regard, which i i I also dabble, but you know as long as your screen brightness is turned all the way down, <laughs> doesn't bother me.
1: I know it's different for everybody And I am always respectful To I was one of those few people Who was shaming Mike When he was doing it at the Jack show If they're going to ask me specifically not to do it Then I'm not going to do it But I like to do that And that's how I enjoy
0: the show
3: (laughs) Typically my my husband and I We like to take a picture right before the event So it's like us Maybe the stage behind us And I kind of leave it at that I try not to get video, you know, but if, if they ask, yeah, I'm not, if they ask, to. I'm a, I'm a rule mm-hmm. follower through and through. <laughs> I am not going to be the person that breaks open the yonder pouch to get my phone out. Um, and I'm not going to sneak in a second phone or anything like crazy like that. But, um, the old point and shoot coming back out, you know, but I, uh, I, I like to have a picture of what the stage looks like. And the yeah. lighting. So I like a picture, and then a picture of my husband and I. And that's I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. Um, but when they're like, you can't even take one. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's like I hate it so bad. So I get that.
2: I mean, and when Lalo asks you so yeah, nicely, yeah. then how can how can you say <laughs> no to that man? He's such a delightful man.
1: Well. This has been uh, uh, way more fun than uh, any show that was put together in the span of 24 hours ever had a right to be. Uh, <laughs> I had such a blast. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have a, a tradition on the show where we uh, we sign off with uh, where we're looking for a home. So until next episode, I will be looking for a home, uh, taking a photo with uh, beloved friends and family in front of the stage at a concert before it starts. And I will be looking for a home,
2: <sighs> I guess, waiting in line at the Rolling Records store.
1: <laughs> Amy, where will you be looking for a home?
3: I will be looking for a home, finding that Las Vegas poster, y'all. There I'm on go. the hunt gotta now. Gotta scratch it. It's in scratch my
2: bones. Gotta scratch it. All right, bye, everybody. You know why so few of them were made? It's because what what happens in las vegas states uh,
1: james <laughs> want, said the thing from the commercial that out. they do <laughs>
0: <laughs> the third man podcast was created edited and produced by paul and james kaminsky our theme song we're the third Men," was recorded by the band radke who can be found at radkey.net. To contact the show, visit thirdmenpodcast.com or email thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at Men underscore podcast on Instagram, at thirdmencast on Twitter, and search the Third Men on Facebook. Thanks to our Patreon patrons, to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and see you next time.
1: Who did not like my question and inverted it? Did I lose you again? (laughs) James, can you hear me? James? Okay, I can't hear you. James? We can hear you. We can
3: hear
1: you. We got you. Okay.
3: Let's pretend like we have no no audio, even though we do.
1: Hey everybody, Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100 plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process. And we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on it can be as much or as little as you can swing and all donations are greatly appreciated the last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough but if you would like to help us out that would be amazing all right it's all from me remember you can head to patreon.com thirdmenpodcast third men podcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already all right everybody i'll see you on the show And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show.
0: Yes! Yes! Yes!
1: Treasures. I divulge. Sure. I'm going to boost my gains so that my, my destroyed voice comes through a little clearer. <laughs> this is just going to sound like a really, really sultry episode.
2: It's fine. It's your Tom Waits period.